0: Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. We want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and get equipped with us. 412 Canada is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. You're going to love today's episode with Chris Vachet, where we talk about how to lead with heart and hand, the uniqueness of his role at Sanctus Church in Toronto, and how do you celebrate the character on your team? All that and more on today's episode. Welcome to the 412 Canada Podcast. Do you serve or lead volunteers in the local church? Are there days when you feel less than equipped to make the kind of impact that you want to make in your role or in your organization? Through this podcast, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the 412 Canada Podcast. I'm excited this morning to have Chris Fashe with us. He's the Executive Pastor of Sites and Services at Sanctus. Chris, how are you doing?
1: Kim, yes great. It is, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good to talk to you again. <laughs> Ready for this.
0: It's so good. And what have you been up to since we've been, since 412 Conference?
1: Oh, a few things. So, um, yeah, Sanctus Church, we changed our name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, had, we had been C4 Church for... A long time, and as we just really dreamed about the future and prayed about it. So September 1st, we announced our new name, and September 8th, we became Sanctus Church. Uh, We have launched our fourth location in Pickering, so that's Mm -hmm. been pretty exciting. Uh, We also moved one of our permanent locations into, or one of our portable locations into a permanent facility. So yeah, this summer and fall has not has not (laughs) been boring. No, it's been exciting, (laughs) keeping us busy. Yeah, yeah, it is really exciting. Really grateful to get to be a part of the ministry here. It's a really special place and just seeing God do amazing things in the lives of people.
0: Yes. And can you tell us a little bit too more about your role as the executive pastor of Sites and Services and who you're working with?
1: Yeah, I've been here on staff for five years. I came as the worship pastor and then became the creative arts pastor and then overseeing what we called Sites and Services. And now I know we have three executive pastors. Okay. So in my role, I oversee everything in our multi-site strategy and philosophy and like how it plays out in a day-to-day reality if anyone is is in or thinking about you know going multi-site as a church, mm-hmm. it, it gets complicated almost as soon as you start thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I um, guess. And, and as you add more sites and as sites grow, you know there's all these in the same way that like when you have kids and what your kid needs as a toddler is different from what they need as a teenager mm-hmm. the same thing happens when you go multi-site like a, a site that's launching has different needs than a site that's three years old or four years old so we, yeah, we have four locations now. Our dream is to launch another four to six locations wow. over the next five years. So I think about that all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, and then really specifically down to like our worship services. So what happens on Sundays across all of our locations, because we do live teaching by video um, mm-hmm. across all of our sites. So there's some really technical stuff in there. Um, there's some community building stuff, working with our site pastors, Um, But yeah, that's that's my job is I I kind of lead the way and I kind of clear the path for all of our staff who have multi-site responsibilities Mm -hmm. and helping us as an organization, um, you know, continue to take some good next steps towards the future that we believe God has called us to.
0: That's awesome. That's exciting. (laughs) There's Mm -hmm. so much there. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we loved having you at 412 conference, uh, back in May. And for those that attended, they got to hear you both on stage and some of you attended your breakout. Um, but you talked about when you were on stage, you talked about the shift from doing the job to understanding that you play a part that matters. And can you tell us what was the catalyst for that shift in your thinking? Like, take us back. Was there a specific moment or what was happening in that time in your life?
1: yeah uh well i'm i grew up oh i mean first of all i didn't grow up at the church Mm -hmm. so when i you know when i got invited by friends into this youth group environment and started hearing about who god was and started learning more about the bible and hearing the gospel and kind of giving this invitation to say yes and to respond like as a 17 18 19 year old Mm I mean, life is, life is tricky to begin with. <laughs> and then on top of that, like I'm trying to understand this new way of living and this new way of seeing everything. And I was really musical, but yeah. my parents are music teachers. I okay. got invited into this youth group, like my first touch point was through some music stuff.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Um, and so I got, I got involved and engaged in leading worship like right away. Wow. And, and it became this thing that I was really passionate about and, really excited about and some doors are opening for me and I think yeah kind of in my you know late teens early 20s along with sort of the just general life maturity that was happening mm-hmm. I had this like leadership maturity that was happening thinking like I'm not, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life like, I this might be the thing that God might be inviting me to say yes to for 40 years mm-hmm. and so starting to think like oh man what is it <laughs> on a Sunday or at in this role that I bring more than just playing the songs or like leading the service. What is it about who I am as a person and how God has wired me and the spiritual gifts that he's given me and the experiences that he's given me? And then and then, like obviously as, an, as a leader, you start thinking, well, like if this is true for me, then it's it's got to be true for everyone else on my worship team or in my worship ministry, all these volunteers that I'm now mm-hmm. responsible to lead and to shepherd and to equip and to love, and to and inspire. And so, yeah, it was a big leadership shift for me in thinking like anyone that's on a, it started with me first, but then it really played out to everyone that I was leading is like my first responsibility, like the, the best thing that I bring to this team is not my musical ability. Mm the best thing that I bring is like me as a person and the best thing that the people on my teams bring is not their musical ability. The best thing that they bring is who they are as people. And I I think sometimes we can, as leaders we can easily fall in this trap. Like the, the value that someone has on the team is the function that they perform. Okay. And it's, I mean, it's so easy. I, I It's so easy to get there that, like, oh, this person is going to get more opportunity, or this person is like, I want them to do that because of what they do. And so it's been this continual journey for me and remembering, like, no, no, the reason that God has brought this person to our church, or the reason this person has values, because of who they are. Mm. And what they do is a byproduct. And, like, man, especially in our context, like, we have high expectations for what people do. But ministry is so much fun. when the wins and the celebrations are around who people are rather than what they do okay and we've just seen i mean in our context in our church and like i can look back over 20 years of local church leadership just seeing over and over and over like the the mega mega breakthroughs in people's lives is when they are celebrated for who they are and how god has wired them and really how they're using their spiritual gifts in their serving, not just, you know, you became a great musician, or you know, you, you move from a musician to a worship leader. All those things are celebrated, but man, just celebrating who people are
2: mm-hmm. and the
1: value that they bring to the team as a person has been uh, it, it's it, it's it was a pretty foundational shift for me. Yeah, about 20 years ago, yeah. and it still bleeds into almost everything I do as a leader.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Such a different way to think it through, right? Um, and value people who they are. Um, now, for those that are listening, how could they practically understand that they're more than just that function yeah. or that, you know, part that they play on stage that, you know, what's a, is there a practical step that, you know, maybe those that are leading them could take to show them that, yeah, you are worth uh, more than that and you, you are gifted and you are ability. You're not just, you know, yeah, a small
1: part. Yeah. It's a two-way street, right? Because mm-hmm. I, as a leader, have a responsibility to make sure people hear that from me and mm-hmm. see that lived out. You know, not just talked about. And as a musician, I mean, it, it, it translates to any area of ministry. It's not just music. But um, you know, if if I'm not hearing that from my from my leader, then that gets tricky because then I can easily feel like, oh, I'm just I'm just here to fill in. This musical part of the team, I'm not really valued for who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So one thing, one thing we've done, um, one thing we've done here at our church, which has been a ton of fun. I've, I've sort of got this personal, like pastoral prayer that, for about ten years, I've always prayed for the ministry teams that I'm leading, and it's around um, just being a, a Colossians three church, so being really grateful that the Word of Christ would dwell virtually among us as we sing and encourage one another, that we would be filled with John four worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that we would worship God in spirit and in truth, and that we would be worshipers that the Father seeks. But the, the thing we really keep on has been that we, that we would be led by Psalm 78 leaders. And the last verse in Psalm 78, verse 72, talks about David, God calling David out of the sheepfold to shepherd Israel with an upright heart or with an integrity of heart mm-hmm. and to guide them or to lead them with a skillful hand. And so this idea of, like, upright heart and skillful hand has been so, so, so foundational for us um, Mm -hmm. in our teams here at Sanctus. And, you know, raising the bar musically and raising the bar in terms of skill and, you know, everyone that's in any area of church ministry. But musically specifically, like, I think sometimes there's this tension of, like, we want talented people, but we don't want too much talent. We don't want a show. (laughs) We don't want (laughs) rock stars. And so there's always this tension of, well, how do we call people to a certain level of excellence? And the way we've done it is we've we've had equal weight placed on character, Okay. that we want people of upright heart. We want great people who love Jesus, love the church, love worship, love to serve one another, and who are great musicians, Mm -hmm. really talented people, bringing their best, investing in their um, instrument, investing in their own talent. And we've done this really fun thing where we have found some ways to celebrate great character and great character is hard to celebrate. And there's a quote by Andy Stanley that says that the, the funny thing about character is there's no final exams. There's only pop quizzes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can't prepare for a character test. You're just tested in the moment continually. Yeah. And so it's hard to celebrate character. But what we've done in like in a context of our team nights is we've created this thing called HeartSea Awards. Okay. So we've taken this, this like upright heart, skillful hand. We talk about heart and hands in our ministry. And so then we take HeartSea Awards and we go to the dollar store and we buy this like kind of really <laughs> funny plastic gold trophy. Oh, and yeah. at our tea night, <laughs> we recognize people who have demonstrated and displayed great character. Okay. And it's become this really fun affirming way to celebrate something that we care about that's much harder to celebrate than great skill. Mm -hmm. Great skill is easy to celebrate because it's in the moment. It's very visible. Everyone knows it. Mm -hmm. And the the people that have great skill, they know that they do.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Great character is so tough. So we've done this thing now for a few years and it's so fun. And people I mean, when we, you know, we tell stories of why we're recognizing this person, and usually it's stories that are kind of behind the scenes, people Mm -hmm. wouldn't know that people that get recognized in this are usually, (laughs) I mean, they're a little bit timid. And sometimes they're kind of embarrassed. And that's a demonstration of of great character. Yeah, somebody that has like great character usually doesn't want that noticed. But what we've done is we've tried to elevate these demonstrations of great character as a way to celebrate what we want to see more of in right. our context and in our yeah. community. So it's been super fun. I mean, we, we do get them a gift as well. But you know, these these little heartsy award plastic trophies have become um, a bit of a like emblem for us yeah. in, in how we recognize uh, people and who they are.
0: That's awesome. That's such a great idea, Chris. <laughs>
1: It's a ton of fun. It's yeah, really, really,
0: fun. I can imagine. Do you have, though, when you are starting somebody new that's just come on to a team, um, a way to bring a team together, other than these awards, but, you mm-hmm. know, something that, uh, like, how does a person get started? They kind of come in and they show up and then and then what? Like, to speak into their character or, you know, do you lay out guidelines right away and just like, here's what we're expecting when you show up or?
1: I know, it's tricky, right? Cause yeah. Well, was, you know, somebody new to our church or like, you know, somebody's growing up, Hey, I'm a piano player or a guitar player or a singer. And I want to be involved. And then we start having conversations of, well, tell me about your personal life mm. and give me your password to your email and all this yeah. stuff. Right. That's, and that <laughs> that would be super awkward. Yeah. So what we, what we do is in our audition process, we just want people to know that we care about them as people. Okay. We care about you as a musician, but we also care about your character. That's part of discipleship mm-hmm. for us. And I think if you just set the expectation, if people know that the role they play on the team is not just as a musician, but the role they play is as a person, mm-hmm. then as you move forward and, and there are times when you need to have conversations about character, mm-hmm. that the foundation is there for it. So in our, for us, in our audition process – As people are working their way onto our team, we tell them this. We talk about Psalm 78, and when they come to the church on an audition night, Mm -hmm. we have a character conversation. Oh, good. We ask them, why are you part of this church? Why do you want to be part of the worship ministry? Is there anything in your life that you think might be negatively impacted by you being on stage in front of our congregation? And we're not trying to trap people. We're not trying to mm-hmm. trick people. We're not trying to find a way to say no to people. We're just trying to lay the groundwork that we care about your character. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, we have said no in an audition to very, very, very skilled people because wow. we had questions about their character. Yeah. And in this in the same way we've said no to people because of skill and we've said you've got to go and invest some time in this and get better and then come back in six months. We've done the same thing mm-hmm. in terms of character. Okay. We need you to have some conversations, we need to get in a connect group. We need to actually just spend some time getting to know you and work through some of these things. And we want to see you grow because we believe that good character is possible. Um, and so we want to see you grow and then we'll talk about you coming on to the team. Mm-hmm. But if we care about people, like if that's a value for us, mm-hmm. then there are going to be times when we're going to choose the sort of more costly option, which is saying no and, mm-hmm. and helping people coming alongside them to invest in that and be equipped in who they are as a person, not just who they are as a musician.
0: That's awesome. And hard, right? Like that's not an easy so, thing to do.
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's so hard. It's so hard. And the, and the reason that it's hard is often because like, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that, man, that's a tough place as a leader is knowing, shoot, I know I've got to say no, mm-hmm. but the consequences of that, I mean, there's a whole other side to, you know, where this goes to as you grow in leadership that like even now at this point like the role that i play is not just the leadership skill but who i am as a person and sometimes mm-hmm. who i am as a person means i have to say no for the sake of the mission of our church and the call to unity that god has given to our church and where we're going and man it's so it's so hard it's so hard sometimes <laughs> but i have never i've never 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 regretted yeah. saying no to someone around an issue of character I have regretted saying yes when I should have said no.
0: Oh, yeah. And that just kind of reinforces, right, that you're doing the right thing, that yeah. you need to stick with it. Oh, man, Chris, you have so much experience and such a wealth of knowledge. Could you tell us about some of the things that you've learned along the way and uh, and even you could relate to, I know you guys have written some of your own music. So um, yeah. I'd love to hear about some of the challenges and things that you've learned.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, things I've learned along the way are usually around mistakes, and that like that's not that's <laughs> not a cliche. That's genuinely yeah. true. And um, man, I've made some dumb ones, and thankfully for like the grace of God and the mercy of lots of people around me, um, you know, if you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over, mm-hmm. that's a that's a bigger conversation. But you t- you <laughs> make mistakes and you learn from them. Um, thankfully, most of my mistakes happen in environments where the, the, the implications aren't catastrophic, okay, oh, <laughs> but that's, that's how we learn yeah. is like, you know, you step into new things and new possibilities and you're scared. I mean, you know, what am I learning now? I'm, uh, I'm really taking this sort of lifelong learning and this lifelong call to leadership seriously. I'm doing my master's in leadership right now. So oh, wow. I'm trying to translate, like, what have I learned through trial and error along the way and then dovetailing that with what do what what are some of these like tangible practical academic understandings of leadership that can really help me help others better in the future Mm -hmm. um so that's that's a whole other side conversation yes (laughs) i mean related to worship music about 10 years ago i just got kind of this fire in me about um the canadian church writing Mm -hmm. and singing its own songs yeah and The fire came mostly because I wasn't seeing it happen, Mm -hmm. Um, and I love singing songs from Australia and the UK and parts of the US, and I I love joining in with the church around the world, Mm -hmm. Um, but just thinking like, man, God must have songs for Canada that are going to come from our own country. So we did the thing called Worship Rises for a bunch of years and inspired a whole lot of songwriting uh, in different places across Canada. And then when I came here to Sanctus Church, we started, we, we really believed God was calling us to write our own songs and to sing our own story. And so we've invested in that here locally uh, pretty heavily for the last five years. We now have kind of a songwriting ministry. We have a team of, nice. um, about 15 songwriters who meet together regularly. We go on songwriting retreats together. Mm -hmm. Um, we write and edit and record and produce our own songs. We sing those songs in our services. Um, yeah, we've released three EPs and a Christmas song. The last album we released this spring was a really, really cool thing for our church. Really cool recognition. We were, um, uh, recognized by GMA Canada with with a covenant award for praise and worship album of the year and inspirational song of the year, That's amazing. It's great. It's just, it's a really neat yeah. way for our church to be celebrated and for our writers um, to be recognized. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing has been seeing our church just latch on to these songs that are birthed out of different sermon series or different things that God is speaking to us locally or different events or kind of where we are as a people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that those songs have moved from you know they, they belong to our songwriters to now they belong to our church. they belong to the people who come on Sundays and sing them. Mm-hmm. and we still sing songs from around the world, but most Sundays now we sing at least one song um, that's from our own from our own community and it's it's amazing, it's so fulfilling as a leader. I'm so grateful that God gave us the inspiration to do it. It's been a ton of fun yeah. Um, and yeah, our hope is it's inspiring to, to other churches and to other places. We're now starting to think and really talk about how could we see, you know, what's happened here over the last five years, not just to stay here, but to inspire other churches to say yes to a, a similar call that God might be giving to them locally. Yeah. Um, and people aren't going to do it exactly the same way as us. And that's great. That's not the point. The point is what we do could be an inspiration to a lot more people.
0: Yeah, and I think for sure it would be like, I love the music and I found it so um, encouraging uh, when you gave me that CD. That was awesome after 412 and it's just, uh, it definitely ministered to me in the time when I mm. needed it. And I'm thinking that those are listening that are maybe they're volunteers or they're you know involved in worship at their own church. So if they wanted to get started, right, writing music and going this direction, what, how would you encourage them or what would you say to them?
1: Yeah. What I've seen over and over is people who have sort of this inspiration and this like fire in their belly, like I know I've got to do this. A lot of times they get derailed by, well, do I write music first or do I write Mm -hmm. lyrics first or do I co write first or I don't know what, maybe nobody will sing the song. And especially as creatives, but you know, you've got this passion inside Mm -hmm. of you, but you let your brain talk yourself out of oh, yeah. pursuing the passion. Yeah. And you get you know, I've seen it over and over people get so worked up in all the implications of what might happen, they never even start. Yeah. They don't even true. they don't even take some first <laughs> steps. So the thing I say all the time to people is don't worry about music first, lyrics first, co writing first, any of that stuff. Don't worry about it. Just start. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just start. Just put it on your calendar. Tuesday one o'clock for three hours or Thursday at seven o'clock for a couple hours or whenever you need to do it, Mm -hmm. put it on your calendar, get yourself in a room, close the door with your guitar, your keyboard, your notebook, a Bible, Mm -hmm. whatever you need for inspiration and just start. And if you're just starting, you need to do that regularly. And for some people, it's going to be every day or every week or every month. But everyone that goes down this road in songwriting says you need to write a hundred songs before you get one good one. Okay. And that, <laughs> do you find that's, like that's true? One of those, <laughs> yeah, right. And and that's one of those things where it's like, well, I can't write a hundred songs, so I'm not even going to start. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You have got to commit to it. You got to sit down a hundred times and, and do it. But if if you've got this passion inside of you, like God's given it to you for a reason. Yeah. And it's amazing. People, what I've seen over and over and over again and it's what happened here in our church like we just believe that God was calling us to this the first thing that we ever did five years ago was four of us getting in this little loft apartment on mm-hmm. a Friday evening for a few hours just to see what would happen yeah that was it.
0: just that to try was it out <laughs> the,
1: yeah that was like the seed in the ground and if we had never done that there, there's really no way it would have grown into what we're seeing now, which is awards and albums and, uh, you know, our our worship teams now get opportunities to go and lead at events and conferences. And and it's become this really special thing for our church. It's become this like garden of enjoyment. Like we're seeing Mm -hmm. the harvest of these fruits that were planted. But if the four of us had never said yes to that first writing time five years ago in that little loft apartment, I'm yeah. not sure we would be having these opportunities to walk through this garden today mm-hmm. and so you've got to take you've got to take the responsibility and and just recognize and say yes to this passion that God's put inside you get it on your calendar yeah. <laughs> sit down and then from there then you can start to figure it out then yeah. you can start to recognize am I more gifted in terms of melody am I more gifted in terms of lyric? what do I bring? In a co-writing session, where are the opportunities for these songs to get heard? All of that stuff will come down the road. But the key is just get started. Just get started.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> right. And sometimes it's the hardest step just to get moving.
1: It's the hardest. Yeah. It's so tough. And and artists are really, really good. We're so good at talking ourselves out of what we should do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the whole like this whole Well, even if I write songs, they won't be any good. Right. Yeah. So who cares? Who cares? <laughs> it, the, the good news is, like, everyone started out as a bad songwriter. So just start and get moving. You know, if I write songs, well, somebody's, somebody's going to think I think too highly of myself that I'm not – well, you're not responsible for what other people think. You're right. responsible for what God has called you to do. Awesome. So say yes and take some steps in that. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's a tough – that's a tough journey for artists for sure.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, and what do you think is one thing that keeps a team together or creates a healthy atmosphere? Like, do you find as a team when you're working with different ones, there's something that when we create an environment like this, or you know, if we do something encouraging in this way, what is there something that you guys have found works really well for your teams?
1: Yeah, I would say. Um, you know, where we've seen success with different teams over the years, whether it's songwriting teams or worship teams or production teams, mm-hmm. where we've seen success is there's there's sort of this shared agreement, there's shared ownership on what we're trying to do. Mm. And so if we're trying to, you know, the agreement we have is like, hey, we're going away, or this team is, the intent is we're writing songs for our church to sing. Right. Or, you know, in a worship ministry, the thing we're doing is leading a certain kind of worship service or worship experience for our church across these multiple locations. If you can get agreement on that, so that takes good leadership, it takes good leaders, and it takes humility from the rest of the team. Nobody likes being on a team where there are multiple goals right. <laughs> and multiple <laughs> agendas. <laughs> and It doesn't mean that like everyone now has to fall in line and say yes and nobody can bring up other opinions, but what makes a healthy team is just this joint agreement that like, yeah, we're doing this together. Yeah. So if you're a leader of a team, then you got to make sure you're clear on, well, what is it we're doing? (laughs) What (laughs) what does, what does a win look like for our team? Um, And so we've, we've worked really hard to clarify that for our teams across the board. And that goes all the way from, Mm -hmm. you know, from our board and from our pastoral lead team and our senior leadership team that like, if you're part of what's happening here at Sanctus Church, you know where we're headed. You know what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Um, I would say too, like, you know, all work and no play mm-hmm. is no fun for any team. <laughs> Nobody loves Sorry. just working. And it it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Is like, if the only reason I'm on the team is because I'm a great musician,
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay. But like, how? Where are the places where you can know me as a person? And where I can be celebrated as a person, and I and I can enter into some kind of community. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've. I just man, I, those. I think anyone can recognize that. Like the best groups of people you've been a part of, you accomplished something awesome together, mm-hmm. and you had a great time doing it. You yeah. just loved being with those people. So we try to have a lot of fun with our teams um, on Sunday morning. You know and. We have we have portable locations and so there's some setup on Sunday morning um, in, in Ajax where kind of our permanent location is where our offices are. Our worship team's rolling at six thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and like most people, are not all that fun at six thirty in the <laughs> no. morning. Uh, <laughs> not everyone's a worship. morning
0: person, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no. Um, so, so you know, like as leaders, we try to make it a great environment when people because because mm-hmm. listen, all these people are volunteers, and you know you're setting your alarm for five fifteen or five thirty on Sunday morning. Like you're making a big commitment. You're you're orienting your whole weekend around. Getting mm-hmm. up at five o'clock or something to get to church for six thirty to do this thing that we love to do together. Um, yeah, we've done team nights and we, we do team nights pretty regularly where we invite all of our worship and production and creative volunteers. Um, and and again, like some of those are like inspiration and recognition. Mm-hmm. We've done some really fun things with those two where we do like field trips and um, just try to do fun stuff together. But I would say that those are really the two main ingredients. Is this shared objective. We know what we're trying to accomplish as a team mm-hmm. and there's there's also shared relationship. I just right. love being with these people and I feel valued and I feel known and I feel seen and I feel like I have a relationship with these people that I'm mm-hmm. linking arms with every week or every couple of weeks weeks to, to accomplish this thing that we're working on together.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then you, in your new role, because now it's slightly different than just worship, right? Because your sites and services. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. in all those people that you're leading now, what is one of the best ways you can encourage those leaders that you're interacting with?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, man, I'm just, um, I, yeah, I'm in this constantly, and I'm really trying to reframe my own leadership. And mm-hmm. I had to, to school and um you know part of that comes with like a lot of self-reflection and self-assessment mm-hmm. um i i've gone through some enneagram coaching this <gasps> year and that has <gasps> Sorry. Kind of put me <laughs> i've just gotten down. into
0: that it's quite interesting
2: <laughs> yeah
1: so um i, I mean there's a, there's a whole other conversation there but yeah. like part of what comes <laughs> out in the enneagram with my leadership <laughs> style I'm just learning how, to, how I need to lead a little bit differently and what success looks like mm-hmm. for me that's different now that I'm 42 than when I was in my 20s and 30s. Right. And so really coming alongside a lot of people and just, and just cheering them on, re- serving them so that they have everything they need to be successful. This is probably the biggest thing for me right now in this season yeah. is the team that's around me God has not given me these people so that I can accomplish my goals, right? God has given me to these people so that they can accomplish their goals. Oh, that's good. Even though, even though I'm their boss, (laughs) I'm still constantly coming alongside them. What do you need from me? Mm -hmm. What's your win? How can I help you succeed? What are you dreaming about? And and right now it's, it's like when you're learning a new skill, like, Right now, I'm just following the instructions, like mm-hmm. I'm going step by step. And what I'm praying for, and really hoping for, is that this becomes like this becomes just my natural way of leading mm-hmm. over time. But specifically in encouragement, um, what I've tried to do is I try to catch people winning. <laughs> so I want to <laughs> yeah. publicly celebrate when things go good. I think yeah. as leaders, and particularly the kind of leader that I am. I'm very good at um, – I'm, I'm really good at finding what needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at finding what we could do better. I'm really good at finding what missed the mark. I, there's, there's no shortage of things that I can point out that need to be done better. Right. But what, what I've really had to discipline myself around is I want to catch people winning. Yeah, so that's I want, awesome. So I, when, I, when I think about what we value as an organization, when I think about like our mission, and our vision, and our values – When I see that on display, I try to call it out like right away in the moment. And Mm -hmm. I try to call it out in front of other people. Yeah. Because it gets, it's, it's, it all goes back to the same thing. Like, don't you love it when someone that you respect celebrates you in front of your peers? Yeah. That's
0: awesome. Everyone, everyone
1: loves that. And so if I save all of the positive affirmation for like our monthly one-on-one or for your performance review, you're only hearing the positive affirmation from me, and now everyone likes pos- positive affirmation from your boss, that's good, yeah. and we should be doing that as leaders, but if I can catch people winning in front of their peers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: man, but what that what that reinforces in them personally, as well as what it reinforces in our whole team, because now they see and hear me as a leader celebrating something that we've, we have said together that we care about. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do that a lot more. I'm trying to really encourage people. I'm trying to celebrate their wins. I'm trying to do it publicly. I'm trying to really, as much as I can, like cheer people on, encourage them, really come alongside them and help them win. And to me, that's like, if I, I'm, my goal is to spend like 80% of my day just in that mindset and really thinking about how can I encourage this people, this person, Mm -hmm. What did they need in their role with their challenges and the struggles they've got in this to succeed? How can they win? How can I help them? It's it's tough. It's yeah. and, and I'm, I'm it's I've been really task. open. I've been really open with our staff and our key leaders that like this is not natural for me. And I've been really honest with them. Like this has been a, a real challenge for me. It's been a real challenging season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that like God's doing something good inside of me, and God's doing something mm-hmm. good inside of our team, and God's doing something good for the future of our church. Uh, it's going to impact a lot of people. So it keeps, it keeps me going, but it's been, yeah, it's, it's been tough, and I've had to really pay attention to it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, hey, Chris, if there is something that you could communicate with our listeners to encourage them, um, those are maybe in worship ministry or just, you know, maybe in production or back somewhere on stage, but what would that be?
2: Hmm.
1: yeah that's a that's a it's a broad question I, I wish i could <laughs> you know I wish I could see through the headphones into everyone's situation
2: yeah. I would
1: say in general i mean it goes back to like what would I want to be encouraged in
2: mm-hmm.
1: i I think you know I love technology and I love that we can see in real time what's happening around the world and in different churches and different worship ministries and there's part of that it's a really big win like we can aspire to new things and we can dream really big dreams and there's also a shadow side to it there's a dark Mm -hmm. side to it which is around like intimidation and I'm not sure we'll ever be able to be as good as X church but there's also this this kind of real deep-seated Temptation to believe that, like what God has called every church to be, is like what we see in those big churches, and and that's just not true. Right. Every, every church is not called to be Hillsong Church. Every mm-hmm. church is not called to be Bethel Church. Every church is not called to be Elevation Church. It, it's just not true. You are called to be you. Yeah. And now there might be some some parts of what those churches do that inspire you and encourage you and motivate you. But there might also be part of what you see that's actually distracting you from the mission that God has called your church to. And I would say, like, as a as a senior leader in our church, when we've had really tough conversations with people, it's – they have been encouraged <laughs> to believe that – the mission for our church is something different than what the mission for our church actually is. Mm. And part of that is influenced by what they see other churches doing.
2: Okay.
1: So it's just, it's just an encouragement to like, if you really don't know what God has called your church to be or to do, I mean, you got to go talk to your pastor, talk to your elders, whatever, whatever the structure is in your place mm-hmm. and, and really Really start to dream about what does that look like here for us rather than what does Hillsong look like mm-hmm. here for us or what does elevation look like here for us. And, and we should always be like pursuing innovation and trying new things and moving forward. I'm, I'm all for that. Trust me. We do all kinds of crazy things here. <laughs> but, but at the heart of it is like we do it because we understand the kind of church that God has called us to be. Right. And so it, it, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a backhanded compliment or like a little slap upside the head as an encouragement. But the reason it's an encouragement is that like once you're part of a team that's locked into this is the thing that God has called us to. All of a sudden, I've seen it over and over and over, especially with sort of artist personality types or artistic sensibilities,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is like you will lie awake at night – dreaming about all the things you could do and how you could be a part of helping mm-hmm. to see this vision be accomplished as soon as that nut is cracked open for you
2: mm-hmm.
1: creatives there's something in us where like when the when the finish line is clarified we will give everything we've got to help make it happen especially if we understand the role that we play um, in seeing that happen. Like if I know the part that I play, again, it gets back to this whole first conversation. Mm-hmm. If I understand that who I am as a person is actually helping us as a church win and succeed and fulfill the thing that God's called us to, there's yeah. almost nothing I won't do to, to help see that happen. So if you're part of a worship team and like you're not really clear on that, you got to get clear, get, yeah. get clarity on that and talk to people in leadership who can help you get clarity Mm -hmm. Um, because it will start some fires in you that like just haven't been burning for a while.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's so encouraging, Chris. And I think that uh, that's great for our listeners to hear. Hmm. Um, And also, I know we were talking earlier, you have a resource um, that you'd love to recommend to people. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that, that worship team Bible study?
1: Yeah, yeah. if you go to worshipteambiblestudy.com, you can grab it there. Basically, it's a 52-week worship team devotional. So the, okay. the intent is worship leaders, pastors, however it works, every week there's a passage of Scripture, there's a short reflection that's, that kind of takes the angle towards worship ministry and, and, and thinking about that passage of Scripture in light of leading worship in a local church. Okay. It's got a couple questions to get some discussion going on your team, and then there's a prayer. Okay. And they go 52 weeks um, through Genesis to Revelation. Wow. There's not really a theological agenda. I'm not trying to make any points. <laughs> it's really just designed to get teams spending more time together in Scripture and mm-hmm. in prayer as they prepare for worship. And it really comes out of if, – if, if I believe foundationally about like the, the people, who you are as a part of this team, and we care about character, not just skill – There are endless resources online around skill development Mm -hmm. and tracks and running better rehearsals Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. You can get way better, way quicker now with what's available. But when it comes to character, it's tougher to give resources to worship teams to help them in this area. So I wanted to create something that fills the gap. Um, you can go, it's you can get it free as like a weekly email to your inbox, or if you want the whole thing in one shot, it's ten bucks. You get a PDF right away. You download the whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's there's about I think around twelve hundred churches around the world um, that are using this. I think it's oh, something wow. like forty different countries. It's been really cool to see the response. I get emails every week wow, from worship leaders and worship teams um, talking about how you know the timing is really funny because no matter when you start you know you're always in this 52 week cycle so every yeah. week there's sort of 52 different emails going out around the world <laughs> but it's so funny i stories of like this this one devotional this week was so timely for our church it was like god knew we needed this one right ah, now at this nice. time I hear that almost every week from people. So awesome. team, Bible mm-hmm. It's a, I, I've tried to keep it as affordable. If, if you can't do 10 bucks, you can get it for free. Um, but even 10 bucks feels like a, a little bit of investment for the sake of your whole team for a resource that the last whole year.
0: Yeah, and we will include a link for that in our show notes. So they can people can check that out for sure. Great. Yeah, this has been an amazing conversation, Chris. You are oh, my pleasure! Such a wealth of knowledge, and I love hearing about this. And it's so great to think about our character as volunteers and uh, and ways to equip that, right? So I just well,
1: I love you know I love what you're doing. I love your heart for this. I loved being at the conference; it was so okay. fun. I'm excited. It's just it's really neat to see this whole angle again it's not just you know being equipped to skillfully do the thing but your heart to equip the people mm-hmm. um in in how they serve and what they're doing for the sake of the local church so i'm cheering you on Ken. you know that i'm i'm so <laughs> proud of you and what you're doing here with it it's it's pretty awesome to see
0: oh thank you so much chris that means so much Um, again, if anybody is listening and they have missed out on any notes or anything that Chris has mentioned, check out our show notes for details and, uh, and you can get links there. Again, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us today. We appreciate the time that you poured into our conversation. And, uh, for our listeners, we want you to stay connected with all that is happening with the 412 Canada podcast and conference. Sign up for our emails at 412.ca. And because you signed up, we'll send you a link for all the audio from 412 Conference 2019 for free. You can check out our show notes for what we talked about with Chris today, including a link to Chris's worshipteambiblestudy.com resource. Please like and share us on social media with your friends. And we look forward to next time on the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for listening to the 412 Canada Podcast. We hope this episode has equipped you for greater influence through serving. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and consider leaving a review on the app you use. The 412 Canada Podcast is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. Explore everything 412 Canada at 412.ca. Thanks again for spending time with us. See you next time.